You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, July 1st. 2019 it's episode 370 my name is rob don't know why i've been doing a voice but i'm gonna keep at it jason's sitting across the table from me here we've also got special guest quimby the dog in the room with us hi quimby how you doing today all right (laughs) all right yeah all right quimby so as you play any good games lately quimby uh well Licking your butt, I guess, can be a game, but the worst game. The worst game. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Quimby the dog is here. <laughs> yes, but we actually have another gentleman on the line. Uh, Not as much of a gentleman as Quimby the dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. We have we have a longtime good close friend of the show, Gray Dietrich, on the line. Hey, howdy. How are you, man? I'm doing mostly all right. Mostly all right. That's good. That's good. Apart from, we were discussing this before the show, apart from WebMD saying that you have throat cancer. Um, apart from the supposed throat cancer, yes. uh, I am doing great. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear the cancer, the alleged throat cancer is not keeping you down. Um. <laughs> we're off to great jokes. For we are. <laughs> Boy. This is all Rob's fault. This is all my fault. Yeah. Do you want to, guys want to start over? No, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm good. Okay, good. yeah. Plow through. So, all right. So, Gray, I have a, I have a funny question to ask you. I'm going to make a statement, and then you're going to tell me whether or not it's true. Okay. For, for an episode where we're in the studio, this is your first episode, correct? Correct. Okay. Oh wow. But you were on one of our like roundtables at GrandCon, I think. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. And of course, we had your your honeyed tones uh, uh, before or at, at the end of the show a few times. Yes, 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 that I knew for sure. Yes, I was I was deeply hurt when you guys replaced me. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. It was it was outsourcing to the Brits. What were what are you gonna do? Yes. So yes, we've also discontinued using the Brit now in the end too. Yeah, I yeah, know. yeah. Fix it up for uh, somebody who just keeps sending us stuff and won't leave us alone. Yeah. Well, we've you know we've got to try and keep it fresh from time right, to time. Right, right. Yeah, and the Brit, the Brit may be going the way of of the dodo, the dodo soon. Anyway, so yeah, so yeah. Well, roundabout the, August. How the heck are you, man? It's been a long time. Oh, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm still keeping uh, somewhat busy in the game design space. Good. Uh, I'm looking forward to hitting up Protospiel uh, in just two weeks. Oh holy cow! Like two weeks. Wow. Cool. And is that is that the uh, Milwaukee one or uh, uh, Chelsea? Chelsea. Uh, the, okay. Old Chelsea Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor. Yes. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, I still never been to that one. I keep meaning to go every year, and then I forget because right. it's between Origins and Gen Con every year. Right. And it, for whatever reason, it always it's just never on my radar. Which is too bad because it's actually a great time to have it. Right. right? Like, right. hey, you did some stuff at Origins. You want to test it before Gen Con? Come to Protospiel in Chelsea, Ann Arbor. It's right. great. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, but I always miss it too. And yeah. I will miss it again. That's this. Is that this weekend? Uh, it is uh, July 12th, 13th, 14th, I believe. Yeah, okay. and I'm pretty sure I'm out of town. So yeah, that uh, that that sounds about right. I think there it's because of when it is in the summer. Yeah. It's always kind of like, we usually plan our family vacations for between Origins and Gen Con. Yeah. Because, you know, my wife is nice enough to be married to a game designer and deal with all of that crap uh-huh. of conventions in the summer. So uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Well, good. What, uh, what, are you, what are you working on right now? Um, let's see. I had a design, uh, that you guys have seen before, uh, terra firma. Uh Yes. Uh, that is, that is setting aside right now. Okay. Um, had some publishers look at it a little while back, uh, then interest kind of waned on it and my interest in it kind of waned on it a little bit. Um, I want to retool a few things on how round structure works and whatnot. Um, 
probably reemerge in the next few months or so. Okay, cool. Um, Taking a break can be real good on, on a game yeah, design. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's been taking breaks on and off. That was one of my first designs, so it's been going for over five years. I'll just work on it a bit, Yeah. set it aside for several months, bring it back out again. Yeah, I know what that's um, like. Yes, <laughs> been there. But I'm I'm one of those people that has started a bunch of things and nothing's ever quite getting done. I just keep bouncing back and forth in between various projects. Right. Also sounds very familiar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, right on. Good. So, um, yeah, yeah. We, uh... I think Jason wants to talk about something. Here. I want to talk about something yeah. here with Gray involved, right? Uh, and then, uh, and then after that, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a topic that Gray brought that uh-huh. he was foreshadowing there. In case you're into foreshadowing, he was foreshadowing. I was foreshadowing. Gasp! How very clever of you to to pick up on that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so, so we said we were gonna have more people on the show who were involved in this year's uh, IDC. Uh, Gray's not one of them, but we wanted to have him out anyways, so um, so that's not why. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Gray is actually part of our IDC this year. He is our builder judge. That's right. Um, something that we are very excited to have him for. Right, and now, Gray, with this, I hope you uh, realize the responsibility that this carries with it, because as the builder judge, you're going to be the only one sitting behind that table who actually cares. <laughs> Because the other the other two judges are not going to give a crap, right? Because the you know the one judge lost last year, so how right. could they care? Right. The other judge is is way too important. She doesn't care. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So that leaves you to kind of hold the mantle there. You're going to have to sort of carry the whole thing, is what is what we're saying. And I, and I hope you're so prepared for that. I am the one that cares. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. Right, the only one who cares, <laughs> and that includes Jason and I, <laughs> and the contestants. So, so for real, you need to prepare yourself for Excellent. for that kind of that responsibility and that likely frustration. Right, and we still, of I'm, course, oh, go ahead, I'm Gary. Prepared to take on this 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 mantle of responsibility, and I hope I do uh, all the builders proud. Well, well, we appreciate that. We don't expect too much. I mean, to be honest, but but um, I mean, you're probably not going to get much. <laughs> well, so it's a good thing we're on the same page. Okay, good, good. That's important. Last year we had a robot as one of our judges. Right. So, right. You know. Yeah. So you'll you'll be doing better than that at least. Right. Right. Um, probably. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what, what, uh, what, what do you, uh, what do you expect to bring to the competition this year? Um, uh, two arms, two legs, a torso, and most likely a head. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, that's, that's, I'm glad to hear that. Again, uh, more than most of the contestants will bring. Right. <laughs> right. Um, what would you like to see from the contestants this year? I, uh, what, what, do you, what are you hoping to observe in them that you think maybe uh, might, might help their help them in the competition? Uh, boy, what do I expect from them? Uh, I expect uh, pyrotechnics. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think I think Gen Con will be okay with that. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Lots of smoke effects, lighting effects. Um, air horns are always a plus. Oh, I love air horns. That's a good call. That's a good call. You should just uh, bring one. I I could. I could indeed. Uh-huh. And do the builders proud. <laughs> um, yeah, I really have no expectations. Uh, over the past week or so, I've been working my way back through like watching the, the travesty that is the previous year's <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. design competitions. And and we we um, know that you actually are telling the truth when you say you watch that because every year it's a total travesty. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so I think it can only go up from here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, we're counting on you. 
True story. Yes. <laughs> and um, yeah. I'm the one that cares. <laughs> That's right. The only one. And I expect that we will uh, be announcing in the not too distant future. We'll see if we can get them on the show. But who the contestants are? Yes. We've got two amazing contestants. Well, uh, don't oversell it. I gotta make it sound good. Well, <laughs> we've got one contestant I'm really excited about, and this this other person who's probably just gonna be okay. Yeah. Um. So for yeah. them, if they're listening, I'll I'll let them decide who's who. Who's who? Yeah, I've seen both of the names, and I know one of them is going to be amazing, and one of them is going to be garbage, and <laughs> we we will find out on that magic day uh-huh. which one is which. So, so what you're saying, what I'm hearing the judge say, is that you've already picked your winner. Mm-hmm. Is that is that a fair statement? I have already narrowed it down to the top two. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's. Yeah, I mean, so you're you're coming in biased, but not completely biased, right? T- to be fair, one year we allowed two co-designers, one to be a judge and one to be a contestant, uh-huh. and that contestant still lost. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, we we are excited to have you as a part of the show this year. We're expect excited about your input and your. Uh, your uh uh let's let's i'm trying to think of the right word to use here your um 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 i'm natural charisma there it is yeah thank you the gravitas right that's really what he brings yeah yeah i think that's going to be the the caring and the caring oh yeah right because somebody has to care Right. Yes, yes, yes. Right. And I'll tell you what, Gray, here's the good news. The the one thing I can say for sure is the rounds this year are as bad as they ever are. Um uh-huh. I I'm really, really excited. I am too. Uh our buddy Ray came through with, with two really, really terrible ideas. Uh-huh. Um Julio came through with an also terrible idea. Good. Um but it was very Julio, right? Uh-huh. Um you're gonna it's gonna be sitting inside boxes and stuff. So and so you're gonna you're gonna have to build a game that fits that disassembles and fits within a box and involves a tower of some kind. Right. Because all of his games involve a tower. <laughs> and and you may have to cut the ears off some monkeys uh-huh. in the process. Listen, I'm just saying one trick pony here. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Love the guy, but anyway. <laughs> we don't actually believe that Julio he doesn't listen to the show he used to but now he's he's know, too good for us now now he's too good for us and he should be right yeah yeah so so but, so, so prepare yourself for that as well Gray because because not only are you going to be the only one who cares but the contestants are too good for this since since I care about you Gray I'm going to say this maybe bring eye protection I'm not going <laughs> to tell anyone else that but you may want to bring eye protection so yeah all yeah. right, I just got myself a new pair of prescription safety glasses. So Good idea. Go. Yes, All right. I'm thinking about getting one some of those those big sunglasses that old people wear over their regular prescription glasses. I have know? a pair of those. Do you? Oh, yeah. okay. I, I we should both get a That's pair. That's what of those. we used for the. Oh no, we were going to use that we're for the blindfold that. thing, and then it didn't work. Didn't work out right. Yeah. So so I think we both need a, a pair of those, Jason, because we don't have prescription safety glasses. No, we well, don't. you don't need prescription glasses, no. but I do. Well, I have I actually wear prescription glasses. Oh, that's right. Only you just for don't. reading. Yeah. You only for don't. reading. So, and I, you've never seen them. You would make fun of me. So. I have seen you wear them before. Not the newest ones. Oh, no? Okay. No, the newest ones, they're they're blue. They're, oh, they're, they're like military BCs? No. They're no, not they're, that bad. They're okay. very hipstery. You would oh. be like, what is that? About I would Jason? see them and yeah. I would just laugh yes, and not you stop. Would, yeah. Okay. They look good though. I make them look good. I'm not going to lie. I don't believe that so. for an instant. <laughs> but I, they're in my work bag, and I rarely wear them. Uh-huh. So okay. every once in a while, I'll be like, "Oh, I should put these on," uh-huh. and then for three weeks later, I don't. So it's a costume, so. basically. That you. Well, no, it does. It actually helps me read better and stops me from getting headaches. But I still forget to put them on. So gotcha. Yeah. Okay. My eyesight's not bad enough that I need them all the uh-huh. time yet. All right. Give it time. All right. Hey, this was a lot of meandering talk about nothing. About nothing. So, regular episode of BTG. You've had 369 of those episodes. Here's one more. Uh, all right. <laughs> We're going to talk about a topic. And uh, uh, this is a topic that Gray said he is very well versed in. Uh-huh. <laughs> so well versed. <laughs> Super prepared. He was like, guys, I'm really an expert in this topic. Um, yeah, no. He said the opposite. But uh, I, we agreed that that makes him fit right in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, this is uh, this is the thing we're going to work through together. Uh, but I'm going to let Gray introduce it. This is your cue, Gray, to All introduce right. it. <laughs> it is it is my cue. I'm queuing up. 
Okay. So, um, when, when asked to provide a topic for tonight's show, uh, I threw it out uh, to my local game design group that I'm a part of, uh, Grubs in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, www.grubs.link if you want to find out more about it. Excellent. Um, and one of our good, one of our good members there, uh, John Cheffer, um, came up with a, a topic that I really liked. So, um, if, if we like it, then it's, it's my good, uh, decision. And if we don't like it, it's John's decision. Um, mm-hmm. sounds fair out there. Um, uh, what, what are some good ways to keep momentum going uh, on game designs? How do you keep um, uh, forward progress and forward momentum on them? Um, so I don't know if either of you guys had any general thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, towards the, the, the beginning of the podcast, um, like I start a bunch of things and then they all kind of just creep forward slowly i got like um i've made physical versions of a lot of these things to push around but just the iteration is just crawling along at a slow and unorganized pace Mm -hmm. so it's something that i need a lot of help with and there's probably a bunch of other people in the same boat Mm -hmm. yeah well go ahead jason well I, i know i'm in the exact same boat for sure um i I bet I've made at least 12 prototypes that I've never even gotten to the table once. So that was cool. Um, so so I, I feel you. Um, yeah, it's a problem, right? We as idea people tend to have a lot of really great ideas that we want to move forward on, um, but uh, find that it's, it's hard to move it forward. I'm curious, Greg, what would you say, uh, what do you feel like off the top of your head is the number one thing that makes it hard to move any single design forward for you? Um, I have... Probably there's there's an element of... I keep coming up with new weird ideas. I'll play on someone else's new game and that inspires me to have a new idea, but that new idea is not something that plugs into an existing game. And so... Um, my my imagination starts spiraling out a whole new game, um, and I think a good portion of it is uh, just the shiny new thing. Um, once once one of my designs is at the table a couple times, then it's it's not the shiny cool idea anymore. I could still be excited about it, but some of the, the grunt work starts setting in of um, trying to tear things apart and start balancing things. And like the, the, the big ideas are already done and now it's just pushing forward with the, the less shiny aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're talking about the difference between design and development, right? Um, right. The, new, the shiny new idea is, is shiny and new, and you're really excited about that. And then at some point, that's not shiny and new anymore, and the only way to, to, to see it through is to get into the, the dirty, hard work of it. Um, and yeah, and that's a, that's a drag, man. I mean, some people thrive in that area. Some people love the development, and I, I'm the same way as you. As I, I start to slow down when I get into that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, uh, so, so yeah, things, things that I've done to try and get past that, I, you know, I, I think I've said this on the podcast before. The number one thing was, was start a podcast, you know, set, set an obligation. It's um, an easy thing to do. Just right. start a podcast. Right. It's not hard. But, 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 but for me, yeah, I, to, to give myself an obligation to commit myself to something that I have to do on a regular basis. And of course it doesn't have to be a podcast, right? But um, but uh, commit to something where you have to hold yourself accountable, or, or to 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 delivering things on a regular basis, you know. Um, and and the podcast was a way for me to do that. But there's all kinds of ways to do that, you know. You can you can set a 
you can set a oh I'm gonna go to this convention if if you if you need to tie that to some kind of an external uh, external obligation or external source you can oh, I need to have something ready by by this convention or by this protospiel event or or whatever you know a lot of people need that that external uh, um, obligation to to keep them in line and that's worked f- well for me mm-hmm. um, people who are better disciplined just set goals for themselves and and that works well for them um, I'm not that disciplined unfortunately yeah I run into a lot of those same issues uh, and I found the things that I found well so here's first of all here's an unpopular opinion that um that I have regarding this so I tend to, Gray, when I, I do a play test of a game, so a lot of times just one play test or not even get to the point of play test, right? I get to the nitty gritty of trying to do some of the harder parts of the design work and it gets hard and it gets not fun. And I believe then at that point that it's because I don't actually want to design that game, that I'm not 100% in it. So I put it away. I just drop it. Um, unless I have a reason that I really need to push forward on it, I just drop it. And instead I switch over to working on something new and shiny and about every third to fourth idea that's new and shiny, something will finally stick. And when I hit that development part, I'm still excited. And then I push through on that because it's kept my interest. Um, you know, for a long time for me, game design was not, was, was just a fun side thing, right? And it still is somewhat a fun side thing, but I mean, I, I actually, you know, care more about getting games published and, and, and getting, like, income from that. That actually matters to me, being self-employed now. And so, you know, on that side, um, it, it forces me to, to think a little harder, right? Like, maybe I should, like, this game has legs, I should I should push through this game, even though, um, you know, even though it's I'm struggling with it. Um, but, you know, historically, that's been my go-to is just, if it gets too tough, just drop it. I want the game design part to be fun. And if it's not fun, then I'm not going to do it. Um, yeah. But honestly, for me, the biggest, best solution that I've had uh, is finding a co-designer who enjoys development. And that's what Neil, Neil loves developing games. He loves doing all the stuff that I think is really boring. He finds it really intriguing and fun, um, which is like the best thing ever, right? Because I get to that hard design part and I say, Hey, do you think this game has legs? And he'll tell me if he does. And if he does, he'll say, let me, let me take a look at it. And then he'll take it and he'll start working on it. And then, um, yeah, ta-da, we either have, we, then we find out whether or not we have a game that we actually want to work with. Right. Um, so, so yeah, those are some solutions. How to do, do any of those stand out for you as, oh, I could, I could try that. Um, so what I hear you saying is that I need to get myself a Neil. I would recommend that everyone finds themselves a Neil. Yeah. And and by a Neil, I mean somebody whose skills are are a good fit for for your skills, right? Um, you know, not somebody right. who's like wants to do these specific things, but the things you're you struggle with, finding someone who enjoys doing those things um is helpful, you know. Um so so yeah, I mean for me that's been really helpful. I know other co-designers that do the same thing, right? Where um, they'll say, oh, you know, I work really well. Um, I, I've never super questioned Matt and Ben a, a riddle and pinchback about it, but I would, I would dare bet that, um, uh, they're very specific in what each other likes working on. Uh, one of those guys really likes cards with numbers. Uh, I'm going to bet it's Matt. Um, but I could be wrong. Um, and the other one does not like that as much. That's my, that's my belief. Um, because, they have a lot of cards with numbers games, but they also have a lot of games that aren't. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm betting one of them is really strong in that aspect. And the other one is, is not as strong. And so they, you know, they pair well together. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so those are some thoughts. So you don't have to get yourself a Neil, uh, but yes, finding someone to work with might be useful uh, because the other big thing that that does is, um, you know, I'm not just setting priorities for myself. I've got somebody who I'm accountable to and somebody is accountable to me, right? So when I say, Neil, can you do this thing for this game? Or he says, Jason, can you do this? It's not like you're just asking yourself to do it, right? Or saying, oh, there's this deadline of Gen Con, but really, if I don't have any pitches scheduled, does it really matter if I have it ready? But when somebody else is counting on you, then it makes it a a lot, you know, I've got to get this done because my co-designer is counting on me. So, yeah. Um, 
ostensibly uh, going back a little bit um, to have like to set deadlines for oneself. Um, uh, my local game design group meets every other Thursday. And so ostensibly I could set myself a goal of, oh, I want to get like this nugget done uh, in the next two weeks before we meet again to get it to the table. Yeah. Uh, the, the pickle is, is that I always seem to talk myself out of prioritizing that. Um, uh, also, and a similar pickle, like I am going for all three days to, uh, Protospiel, um, in Ann Arbor. Um, and I don't have anything that I'm, I'm super jazzed about right now. Um, I got some ideas that are some of my designs that are further along, but, Mm -hmm. um, nothing that, um, I've worked on super recently. Um, I think perhaps one of the, the best things is just to have a, an accountability, like an external person that I have to answer to. I have to look them in their, their, their sad puppy dog eyes and explain to them why I, I have failed them again. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so that's one of the things I was going to suggest about, you know, when you're talking about meeting with grubs, uh, I was going to ask when you say, I'm going to get this for next in two weeks, I'm going to have this ready with a new iteration. Are you saying that to everyone? Or are you just saying, hey, Gray, let's do this? I, I, I am saying that to myself. Um, right, right. Most of the time. Sometimes I'm saying that to other people. It's like, oh, I'm excited about X. I'll bring it in two weeks, and then I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but two weeks is far enough apart that often, you know, whoever I'm generally saying that to doesn't necessarily remember. Um, but to have, <laughs> right. a, to have a specific person that's like, hey, um, I, I want to get X done in two weeks, and even just have them find someone who's going to say, Hey, I'm excited about that specific thing. I want to play it next time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so let me ask you this guy. And I don't know much about, about your group up there. Um, do, do several of you, or do, are you the only one in the group who struggles like that? Or, or does, are there more people in the group that, that have similar challenges? It is, it is kind of a diverse, group definitely um and no one's no one's working towards a specific schedule Mm -hmm. of getting x things uh published by x date um so really the 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 cost for letting things slide another couple weeks isn't that great um yeah but certainly you know to just sit out one or two down specifically and say, Hey, um, uh, you know, why don't we keep tabs on each other and, uh, check up like in the couple weeks in between that sort of thing. Yeah. And as, as one of the founders of the group, I suppose now that I'm talking that out, that should be one of my jobs to kind of (laughs) help facilitate that amongst all the other members. Yeah, because that's kind of the, the vein that I was thinking of, that, that you know, if if you're not, and I have to assume that you're not the only one who's struggling similarly, right, and, and having those feelings, uh, those feelings of, gosh, I need to I need to organize better, I need to follow through on things, and I'm not doing that, that, that I, there's probably at least one other person in the group who's feeling similarly, Um you know, and 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 you could you could do that by by holding each other accountable, and and you know if you don't want to be jerks to each other about it, and of course nobody wants to because it's still supposed to be fun. Maybe you make a calendar and you say, hey, this week we're gonna you know every we're gonna play test everyone's every week. One person for sure is going to get their game to the table, and you, and you rotate that. You know, so if you've got six people in the in the group, then you say. This month, this week, we're going to start, or this at this session, we're going to start with Gray's game. We're not going to play anything else but his first. And whatever time we have left, then then we'll work with whoever's got it, you know. But then at the bare minimum, you've got a guaranteed expectation uh, where where everyone who's there is committed to you first before anything else. 
and then you also, the expectation is on you to deliver something for them to try, you know, and, and that's kind of a kind of a low pressure self and group imposed obligation that, that can kind of kind of help you, you know, hit that obligation. And I'll tell you, in my own experience, that that really can be tough sometimes, but I but it, it's worth doing. It's worth committing yourself uh, to that that well to that commitment. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, let's uh, let's broaden that out slightly, um, and maybe uh, Jason, you'll have uh, a little more input on this as kind of life coachy type stuff. Um, how about just uh, what are some good techniques for setting deadlines for oneself, uh, self-motivating oneself to hit deadlines uh, and organizing them uh, with with reasonable expectations? Yeah, so um, what Rob said was spot on, first of all. Um, having a, a system of accountability with the whole group is really good because you don't want to let one you don't want to let everybody down, right? Um, as it comes to setting goals for yourself, it really depends on the person, right? Like for myself, I tend to set goals publicly because then I'll live to those. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll achieve those goals or I'll do my darndest to achieve those goals. And, you know, people will see, Oh, he didn't make it, but boy, he was trying. Right. Um, and that's, um, you know, that's because I've put it out there publicly. So it makes me feel some sort of pressure to get it done. Um, I think it's really easy to fall into the trap of saying, oh, I'll get to that one. I'll get to that one. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I experience that just in my daily work that I'm doing. It is very easy to to not get to a game design piece if I've got other, you know, business stuff going on. Um, so trying to prioritize that right is is tough. Um, and I'm sure you're you've got a busy life and you've got a lot going on. And, uh, you know, that that can be an issue for you as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think getting it out there, I, I suggest, um, you know, anytime you can externalize that, it's, it's really helpful. Um, even if you didn't want to do like what Rob was suggesting, where you force everyone into a calendar, set up accountability partners, right? Like, like to where you'll say, Hey, great. I'm going to check in with you after a week and see how your game's coming along. Right. Because if they check in with you the day before and you're like, Oh crap, I legit forgot about this. Right. Um, well then you're not going to be ready and everybody's going to think Gray's the worst person in the world. Um, <clears throat> they probably won't think that. Um, but, uh, the other thing I would suggest, uh, that I use from the, one of the things I use for myself for, um, doing something, uh, without having to externalize it and get, you know, other people to know I've got this deadline, uh, is simply, um, focusing on setting timeframes for myself with calendar reminders, so like, hey, today I'm going to spend two hours working on this design or this project. Um, and that that helps me as well, right? To know by the end of today, I'm going to achieve X, Y, and Z on this project. Um, and, and it can help to set very specific goals. Uh, when you set goals that are too broad, like I'm going to finish this design today, right? Are you though? Um, and, and if you don't, if you get 90% of it done, did you fail? Because your goal was to get 100% of it done? Um, so I find taking goals like that and breaking them into more tangible pieces is really helpful for myself. Like, Hey, I'm going to get the variable player powers on this one piece done today, or I'm going to work out the scoring today. Um, and then focusing on that. And that's something Neil and I do a lot, uh, with the, with the stuff we're working on is, Hey, like today he said, Jason, can you remake these win condition cards? And I asked him some questions and he said, yeah, and I got it. And then I went and remade the cards. Um, and he said, I'm going to remake these other cards because I think I have a better handle on that. And then he did it, presumably, or he's a liar. I don't know. I'm guessing he did it, though. Um, so so that really um, is uh, those are some methods I use for myself. Um, but, yeah, if you're going to internalize it and not not put it out there for others, I strongly suggest using some sort of reminder system where you budget time to work on that. Uh, and if you have to bribe yourself. Bribe yourself that if you do X, Y, and Z on your on your, the board game, then you get a reward, and that can sound that can sound dumb, but it, it really can make a difference. Um, it's all about tricking your brain uh, into uh, wanting to do stuff that you don't want to do right now, right? All right. Mm-hmm. Some good ideas there. Um. Yeah, I think that uh, 
you know that that circumscribe circumscribe the topic uh, pretty well. Um, yeah, Quim- Quimby just grunted, so I think he agrees with you. Oh, you oh, said his name. I said his name. Said now his he's name. getting up. Now he's going to get up. Like, well, what? Did you guys need me? Did you need me? Because I was, I was here. Is there treats? Is there snacks? <laughs> he just wants to be pet yeah. all the time. You could literally pet this dog twenty four hours a day, and he'd be like, "Could you pet me some more?" And then he would literally be the happiest dog in the world. Right. So why don't you just pet him all the time, Jason? Yeah, don't know. you want your dog to be happy? Watch, watch this, Rob. See, I put yeah. my hand over here. Oh, I was, and he walks away. Yeah. No. No. Normally, Kobe, come here. Put my oh now he got up here yeah but if you stop petting him he'll actually pick your hand up with his nose and put it on top of his head uh-huh. this is the weirdest thing because so, he, he loves love yeah see see who doesn't love love I see that yeah <laughs> I I both my cats do exactly the same thing. do they like, yeah I'll, hey. I'll, I'll pet him for a minute and be like okay I'm done I need to do something else finish my meal or whatever and then a snoot is right under my palm like yep. no yep. you are not done yep. sir did I say you were done. Yep. Well, uh, okay. I think we I think we crushed that topic. Yeah. I think uh, cool. I think this might be the best the best topic we've ever discussed with the best answers and the best guests. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Sure. So what he's saying is, don't blow it on the game pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I am saying it's time for the game pitch. Okay. So, I should pitch a game. Yes. What if what if my fifty games that I've started should I pitch the s- uh, the seventh um, one, number seven? Go. Number seven. Um, go. All right. This is a uh, I don't know what you call it a random and right game, um, <laughs> because the the roll and write genre has exploded to yes. there's all kinds of different new randomizers. Um, mm-hmm. And side note, Renegade's coming out with a game where they give you safety scissors and a big piece of paper that's got a grid of a bunch of different symbols, and you got to cut out your own polyominoes what? to fulfill requirements. Yes. That's crazy. That is, that is a real thing that's coming out. Wow. Um, but anyway, that's not my game. That's probably a much better game. Uh, my game um, is... Um, a random and right game. Uh, you start off with a grid of roughly 12 by 12 squares, and um, you are going to draw in some sort of fantasy-style castle or monster lair uh, on that. Um, there is a deck of cards set up somewhat similarly to how Welcome To works, Mm -hmm. Um, where you kind of flip cards and they got a piece of information on the front and a piece of information on the back and you kind of select pairs of information. Um, But on those cards are different shapes of rooms. Um, Anywhere from just a couple squares up to like big fat nine square rooms uh, that you're going to eventually plug in into this board. Um, On the flip side of those cards are various types of things that you will draw into rooms somewhere in the castle, lair, dungeon, whatever. Um, They're either uh, different types of treasure hoards that you've got hidden away in your lair. They're different types of monsters and minions that you've stocked your lair with. Um, uh, There are certain traps that you would put in the way of people trying to get into your lair, you know, spike pits and locked doors and all that sort of stuff. Because uh, after that deck runs out and uh, everyone's filled in a big old lair with all these goodies and all these baddies in it, uh, everyone slides their sheet uh, one person to the left. Um, And then the second phase of the game kicks off where uh, a player is going to try and run a hero through the dungeon lair, whatever, that their neighbor has just doodled. Um, A second deck of cards comes out um, that gives kind of like a running train. There's about five cards in a line. That is a train of different types of actions your hero can pick from. Um, and everyone starts, uh, doodling a path 
through this this dungeon um, to have their hero like try and pick up as much treasure as possible, uh, try to not die to any of the minions or traps that you've set in it. Um, after that phase is complete, the um, the final score is uh, each player. Um, gets a score that is equal to how much uh, loot that they picked up and monsters they vanquished from someone else's dungeon and how much stuff is left over unlooted and unvanquished from their own dungeon. Basically add those points together and whoever's got the high score wins. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like I'm super stoked about that idea, Gray. That do is, is it called Doodle Dungeon? Because it should be called Doodle Dungeon, um, <laughs> or Dungeon Doodle. I I, I I took a uh, two years of German in high school, uh, which uh, almost none of it has survived to this day. But <laughs> I call like most most uh, most games should get printed in Germany at some time. And if I want to win the Spiel DR on this thing. Uh, so well, yes, I that's the plan. Uh, I call it uh, Scheibenschloss, which is basically, uh, literally, it's writing castle. Or, um, yeah, Doodle Castle is what I've been calling it. But the alliteration of Doodle Dungeon is is too good to pass up now. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. So so, t- so, tell me again, how, how are players selecting what they're doodling when they're laying out their dungeon was that is that that's from cards you said yes that's okay. from cards um it'll have like little polyomino shaped uh depictions of sizes of rooms uh if okay. you've ever played castles of mad king ludwig yeah. um you know like the kind of weird shapes of rooms that you can connect together yeah um it's basically that sort of thing just not quite as detailed mm-hmm um, and yeah, just, just drawing those drawing borders and anytime two rooms touch, uh, one doorway, a one square wide doorway has to be in between. Uh-huh. Um, and then on the flip sides of the cards are the things that can make doors locked and it's harder to get through them or the, like the little traps or the monsters or whatnot. Uh, right now it's a, uh, it's a big like Dracula castle theme. Um, so you've got Dracula, you've got like, uh, your weird kind of thrall henchmen, you've got, uh, swarms of bats flying around. Kind of a Castlevania Um, thing, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then eventually I hope to figure out more mechanisms to have different monster types. Uh, maybe everyone sits down with a game that, okay, everyone's doing a vampire castle or each player will have their own separate castle like I'd be the vampire castle my buddy would be like the the mummy pyramid castle and the other person is the uh, the Medusa's lair castle or right. whatever mm-hmm. well I, I think with monsters what you have to do is if 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 I get a if I get a monster card and I'm gonna put the monster into my thing you have to you have to put a mark in the room of some kind of monster mark maybe it's just an M in the room where you're placing them, and then you keep that monster card face down in front of you. And you would need some way to track which monster card is set in each room. And then the players, when they go in that room, they know there's a monster in there, but they don't know what it is until they go in the room, and then you reveal the monster card. Yeah, that's one of the ideas I had, like if each player was a separate type of monster. Right. Um, the, The deck of cards that gave you the cues of what features go in what rooms would just... The feature would be one or two or three, like that number. You write that number in your room, but your card that tells you what kind of monster type you are is hidden only to you. Got it. Okay, good. And when everyone passes papers for the second phase, you slide your card over with them. Yep, good. It's like, oh, you're you're suddenly in the vampire castle now. Then it would be easy to have six to seven, six to eight different castles, say, and, you know, at the beginning of the game, everybody gets a random one. So even in a four-player game, you have no idea what everyone else has. Yeah. Now, this is this is a really good idea. Yeah, I like have that. you done playtesting with it? Um, I have 
doodled some of my own stuff and I brought it to the game design group for like uh, a discussion and it's something that everyone's excited about. Um, I hope for it to be one of the things that I bring to Protospiel in a couple weeks and yeah. get in front of a bunch of people. Um, it should play fairly quickly. Um, so I hope to get like several tests in on it. But no, it has not been in front of uh, a ton of people yet. Right. It, it, no, it sounds super duper awesome it's a great it's idea very very it's, it's different all, yeah so it's it's sort of in a weird way kind of a kind of a more accessible tower defense thing yeah you know I mean, it reminded me a lot of dungeon keeper honestly yeah um but in a more lighthearted, fun way of like i'm yeah. building a dungeon and then my friend's gonna try and break in like yeah. it's and and i like that aspect of of I'm encouraged to put treasure in there because that's going to get me points as long as it's not stolen. Right. right. Yeah. And that's important. Right. Yeah. Oh man. I, I would love, love, love to play that game. It sounds super fun. Yeah. That's cool. All righty. Well, so you get a, uh, you get a prototype. Let me know. We'll, we can get together and I, I would love to play it with you. Sure thing. It would probably also be an easy, uh, print place or a thing as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Cool. Yeah, good Glad stuff. I didn't botch the, uh, Not the, even a little bit. The yeah. pitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, prime. Absolutely prime. Digital. Cool, cool. It was digital, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about digital. <laughs> so did Rob. Actually, I did so recently that I saw someone speaking on something. I don't remember what it was. And behind the guy, it just said digital. Digital. And I was like, yeah, digital, man. Yeah. yeah. That's like the most digital analog thing I've ever heard of. Yeah. 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 It's super cool. Super digital. Right on. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so, Gray, do you have anything you want to plug before we wrap up here tonight? Um, I already mentioned uh, my uh, local game design group. Uh, we meet in uh, Out of the Box uh, Game Store in Kentwood every other Thursday. Um, you can find more information facebook.com slash groups slash grub society. Um, the, the whole acronym stands for Grand Rapids Unpublished Board Game Society. It's a big old mouthful, but it it shrinks down to grubs uh, very adorably. Sounds like somebody uh, yeah. really wanted that to say grubs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Grand Rapids, we're, we're based around Grand Rapids. Right, yeah. Um, and so, like, a GR at the beginning of a word is is a really good setup. It is. Oh, it's great. It is, and yeah. Then we, and then we just, we had one of our meetups where we spent almost an hour just trying to brainstorm what's the, <laughs> what's the good name for this uh -huh. and and grubs was the the final result yeah it's uh, good I, i'm actually a member of the group i've just never been able to make it up i, I need to I, I need to this reminds me that i need to start trying to do that even if it was just once a month just making it up to try stuff out and bring stuff so okay yeah, we'd, we'd definitely love to have you. And like any uh, people who are out of town or uh, new people to showing up, like always get first dibs on table time. Um, so you so, want me to come yeah. in the weeks you're scheduled? That way you can be like, oh, darn, Jason's here. I had a game ready to go. But Absolutely. Please <laughs> be my excuse to procrastinate even more. <laughs> All right. Well, Gray, thank you very much for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you also very much for agreeing to be a part of the IDC this year. We're excited to have you. And you will regret it, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am already regretting it. Uh, Good. My social anxiety is killing me. So Good. Uh, it'll be great. It'll be fun. I, I can promise you, Gray, that no matter what you do, you will likely come off as one of the least stupid-looking people of that whole event. It's true. So... You are a, a normal, well-put-together guy. You're going to do fine. Uh, the contestants don't have a chance. Rob and I, I mean, you, you've met us. We're, we're, we're targets. Mm -hmm. um, Jason Gitarski is one of the judges, right? I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you know, you, you will maybe be fighting with Julie uh, for the most put-together person there at the event um, because she seems real smart and real nice. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I can't 
throw uh, Katarski under the bus too much because he is also part of Grubs and also a, a local publisher that I might want to do business with someday. <laughs> oh, trust us. He doesn't hold grudges. Yeah, I've, been, cool. I've been giving him a hard time for like seven years now, and he published one of my oh, games. So I know, I know. Yeah. Basically, so, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my copy of. Yes, it's. Yeah. I saw the the proof as you probably heard. And, oh man, it's nice. It's yeah. nice. And he announced it. Uh, it's on a. It's uh, he announced a, a ship date, right? Yep. In that uh, he's considering uh, flying some over for Gen Con because it won't yeah. make it for Gen Con with the boat. But he's kind of figuring out this tariff BS. Yeah. So to yeah. see if it's going to kill oh, him to yeah. fly it over. So that's but. that's hosing everyone. But th- this in an industry so. Full of small publishers, it's got to right, be hurting right. the little yeah. guys even yeah. worse. Yeah. Well, I mean the you know the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, margins are uh-huh. very very thin on oh, profits yeah. for board games. Yep. Um, right. And uh, not not only for obviously you know for designers, but a lot for publishers because they're putting a lot of skin in the game there. Um, you know, and so so I think what'll end up happening is we're just going to see higher priced board games. Frankly, I think mm-hmm. that's going to be the solution because you know small publishers can't sustain and if that's what it takes that's what it takes i mean maybe i will buy slightly less board games that i'm not going to play then and that would be smart yeah i don't know if, if any, on that subject um uh, a few weeks ago mike's selinker selinker whatever how it's pronounced yeah yeah he wrote something for polygon about that it was real good it was yeah, real good yeah, yeah. right yeah mike's it, a smart dude he is yeah at any rate, builders, thank you everybody for listening to the show. Uh, you know this stuff. Um, seven seven hotel BTG uh, on Twitter. Jason is at J A Slingerland. I am at poorly underscore designed. The podcast is at pod. I forgot podcast, podcast BTG. BTG. Gray, what is your Twitter? At Gray Dietrich. I was pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. I'm always afraid I'm going to get it wrong, and it's going to be like at two two seven Kitty Kitty Lick Lick or something. But you know, you never know. Uh, I, Where did that come I've from? I've been fortunate to lock up it's an like everything Gray Dietrich. I've yeah. got GrayDietrich.com. Don't go there because I haven't touched it in years. <laughs> um, Gray Dietrich on Instagram. Gray Dietrich on Twitter. Uh, Facebook.com slash Gray Dietrich. Like, just I got the works. Good work. All right, well done, sir. Um, building game podcast at gmail.com, uh, building the game podcast.com, all that nonsense. Thanks again, Gray, one more time. We really appreciate you being here and being a part of the IDC. Hey, my pleasure. And thank you, builders. Good night. Good night. Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All ideas presented by Rob and Jason are the property of the Building the Game podcast. We sure hope you'll join us again soon. Until next time... Dial 770-TELL-BTG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>